Jesus Christ is lifted up so that we see how great he truly is. I thank you for that. I thank you for help for people today in Jesus' name. And Lord, we also pray for those who have lost the loved ones. We pray for those who are in bereavement. I pray for our dear brother, Henson Joseph. I thank you, Lord, that you are with him today. I thank you that you strengthen him. And I thank you, Lord, that this time of sadness will become great joy as he reaches out and loves his family and those nearby. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. We always... Uh, Thank you very much, singers. We always want to pray for those. You may be seated who are maybe going through some tough times, losing a loved one, and what I just did there in case maybe you just know his face but not his name. Brother Joseph, who is often ushering, working in security, just lost his mother. And, uh, and so I believe God strengthens him. God gives us comfort. He is the Lord of all comfort. Amen. Are you all happy today? day of pentecost so i'm going to talk to you a little bit and uh, i want to make sure everybody gets settled are you feeling good all right i'm reading from john chapter 7 verse 37 by the way let me say first before we get reading that i really enjoyed the again you could see all the people who were with me in tanzania we had a wonderful time in our pastor seminar, I think you saw a picture from that, we had just over a thousand pastors registered that we were training for three days in a row. And uh, that was beautiful. And uh, then, you know, we are expanding so that even today, the campaigns are continuing. After I finished the campaign in Mwansa, over 50,000 people received follow-up for new believers right just there in Mwansa. And then Dean has been preaching for three days in another city two hours away. Thousands of people have responded to the Lord. And last night, one of my other associates, Jacob, launched a third campaign. And again, thousands of people came in spite of the rain to that third campaign starting yesterday. So we are working on many frontiers. World Impact Ministries, while we're having meetings here, we're having meetings elsewhere in the world. And I'm looking forward so much to train up. It's in my heart to train up hundreds and thousands of workers, just like these two that I've trained and many others, but these two that are working with me now because I believe that uh, the harvest is so great in the world. Can I hear a yes to that? The harvest is so great. But let's read John chapter 7 right now. If anyone thirsts, Jesus says, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, he who believes in Jesus scripturally, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. This he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus Christ was not yet glorified. So Jesus is speaking prophetically. He is saying, the Holy Spirit is going to come. And you say, well, hadn't the Holy Spirit already come? Yes, the Holy Spirit had been active. Uh, you know, at the creation, it says that the Holy Spirit hovered over the waters, over the chaotic situation. Uh, and, and so the Holy Spirit had come upon people. But this is speaking of the day when the Holy Spirit would become readily available to everyone. The promise is not just to those who were there on the first day of Pentecost, but for all those who are called of God. And Jesus said that would happen when he was glorified, when he had returned to heaven. And so today is day of Pentecost Sunday, and we celebrate this momentous event, how that the Holy Spirit, the life of Christ, is flowing through and is available through every believer. And this morning, I, I'm not going to look at, at it through a microscope. I'm going to give you the broad context. Are you with me? I want to say, first of all, God is relational. God is relational. When we think of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, you know, it's hard to think about God because God is so great. God is so immense. And, and the Bible gives us this picture of, of of love between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and that's how everything began. The church fathers call this perichoresis. I have a little uh, picture, a little uh, uh, illustration that illustrates that. It's called the divine dance. 
the early church described it as a cheek-to-cheek dance with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit in a union of love. Of course, this is metaphorical. How, how can we possibly describe God because our human minds are limited? Jesus talked about it as the bosom of the Father. He says, I was there before time began, he says, in the bosom of the Father. Well, the bosom of the Father gives us a picture of, of warmth and love and intimacy. And of course, in this, again, a metaphor, we're not saying that God is a bosom, he, but it's a picture. You know, when I think about nature, when I think about everything around us, I realized I've been reading, some time, reading up on some scientific uh, studies that what, what the scientists know today of the known universe, if we were to travel from one end of the known universe to another end, it would take 46.6 billion light years. That is 46.6 billion years at the speed of light. Now, I'm going to readily admit none of us understand what I just said. I just say it's further than Vancouver. I said that. I, 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 you know, we can't even think in those terms. The speed of light, it is, it is, it is so enormous. And so here, here is God who is the source of everything. And how are we to grasp this? We, we can't think in those distances and sizes. And so God says, he says, he says through Jesus that, that it's like a bosom of the Father. And there was love. And, and, and love created everything. Let us make people in our own image. And so today, I want to talk to you about this, about the word incarnation. You know, we usually use that word at Christmas. Emmanuel, God with us. Recall that Jesus became the incarnate Son of God. But I want to submit to you something that maybe you haven't heard said like this before, but, but, but that God has come because incarnation means to come in the flesh or in material form. That God, who is a spirit, has shown himself in material form in a number of ways. Number one, I would say the first incarnation, a manifestation of God, is in nature. You know, it says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. People said to me, was there a big bang? I have no doubt that it banged quite a bit, but I wasn't there to give my personal uh, testimony to it. Uh, to me, it doesn't really matter whether there was a big bang or not, but I know time began, so something started. There was, a, there was something before time began and something after time began, but I know that something, was ha- something happened. The universe came into being, and I know the Bible tells us that from the vast space, that is ever expanding to the smallest molecule and atom and the subparticles of those atoms. Every part of creation tells us God is wondrous. They declare his glory and his wonder and God did it. God is in it. Now, what many of us don't realize because it's not been preached a lot is how Christ is very active in nature. Can I read it from the Bible? Otherwise, you would not maybe believe it. These are familiar verses, but think about what I said, how Christ is manifest in nature. It says in John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. We know later on, this is speaking directly of Jesus Christ. It says in the next verse, all things were made through Him. All things. And without Him, Nothing was made that was made. So everything, Christ is the source of everything. And you say, well, that's just one verse. Let me give you another. Colossians 1.15, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on the earth, visible and invisible. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him all things consist. Think about it. In Christ all things consist. In, he's before everything. He, he is 
after everything. He is the, uh, he's the one that, that in everything consists in him. Let me give you another verse. Colossians 3.11. This is quite a mouthful. Christ is all and in all. Think about it. Christ is all and in all. What does that mean? Where shall we start? Christ is all and in all. Now, on the surface, that would sound like I am a, a Eastern religion mysticist teacher. You might accuse the Apostle Paul of that. Because you may accuse him of being a pantheist, but I would add to that in the context, not only is Christ all and in all, he transcends all. He is all, he is in all, he transcends all, he is before all, and he is after all. I tell you, Christ is great. Okay, let me give you one more verse. I, I can see you're thinking now. Look at this one. Hebrews 1, 13 says, Christ upholds all things by the word of his power. Think about that. Christ holds all things together. You know, science cannot explain how atoms and molecules are kept together. They try. They talk about something called protons, which consist of quarks and other subparticles. They actually call it a gluon, you know. I guess it sounds more scientific to call something gluon than just straight glue. You know, proton, gluon, you can see the, 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 the rhyme to it there. And they said, because, and they said, we can't explain how it all comes together. I just read a scientific magazine, and the scientist said like this, the further you study this, quote, unquote, the further you study this, it simply becomes more and more mystical. That's cutting-edge science. We don't know how everything is kept together. Well, the Hebrew writer and Paul in the Colossians says, Christ, in him everything consists. The word of his power upholds all things. This is powerful. Have you ever thought of that Jesus said, I am the light of the world? And then he said, by the way, you are the light of the world. We'll get to that in a moment. Have you ever thought about on the first day of the creation? And whether you think it's symbolic or literal doesn't matter to me at this point. The first day, it's all about the light. God said, let there be light, and there was light. Now, I want to show you a picture. Put that picture that was just released a little while ago. You know, this picture was just on the front page of almost every major newspaper in the world on April 29th of this year. This picture. It was a tremendous, you say, what is that a picture of? Well, <laughs> Just to don't say it wrong, it's the astronomers found the first ever, photographed the first ever image of a black hole. You've heard about black holes. Black hole scientists explain it as, as enormous, vast areas of space where light is trapped because of gravitational pulls, and so you don't see any light, you just see darkness. Well, this was the first time that a black hole had been photographed with eight telescopes, and it says they estimate this particular area of space, this is going to hurt your brain, are you ready for a brain hurt? Estimated 40 billion kilometers across, like from the one end of the light to the, you see, that's estimated at 40 billion kilometers. Whoa. Three million times the size of the earth. That little black hole in the middle, th what, what did I say? Three million times the size of our planet. And it's estimated that this particular black hole is five, this is really going to hurt, 500 million trillion kilometers away. But here's what I want to see. The professor in charge of this, Professor Heino Falker says, what we see is larger than the size of our entire solar system, that little black hole. And then he says this, it has a mass 6.5 billion times that of the sun. And then he says, we still don't understand how the light is generated. That was in every major newspaper in the world a few weeks ago. Cutting edge science. And they say, we don't understand how that light 
is generated. See, if we think scientists can explain everything, there's a lot of things that cannot be explained by science. But, but God says, let there be light. And then more precisely, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And more precisely, it says, he upholds all things by the word of his power. In him, all things consist. <laughs> you know, when you think about light, let me make a little statement. Put up the statement. You can take down that now. Look at this. Light is less what we see directly and more something by which we see all other things. What does that mean? You know, we can't even look straight into the sun. During a solar eclipse, we are warned, you know, don't look at the sun. Wear special glasses. So when you look at everything around you, you're down by the lake, you see the trees, you see the sky, all that is illuminated by the sun. But you don't have to look straight at the sun to see it, but it's the sun that causes shade and light so that you can even see the face of your wife or your husband. Ah, that's who I'm married to. Uh, it's the light. And so I thought about this. Yes, we see light in Jesus. He's the light of the world. But more, it is something or someone. Go back, go back, go back. I didn't, please go back. I'm not done with that. And more something by which we see all other things. We see things. In Jesus, we see all other things. We say like, what's my purpose? That's a question. Well, it's kind of dark. I don't see what's my purpose. When Jesus is acknowledged as your light of the world, you see your purpose. I was created by a God who is love. I was born to receive love and to give love. I was born to never be separated from the love of God in Christ Jesus. I was born for this. You think about death. You say, please go back. I'm not there yet. Please go back. Are, am I so boring that you're trying to rush my sermon? Or can you please go back to the previous line? Can you go back to it, please? Okay, thank you. So, for example, we think about death. We think about death. And people are afraid of death, right? People say, I, I want to. Of course, everybody, nobody wants to die. That's why we have good health care to keep us, you know, <laughs> going as long as possible. But you see, so this great question of humanity, what about what happens when I die? When Jesus is acknowledged as my light of the world, in his light I see light. I say, okay, he conquered death. He is my forerunner. He's the firstborn of many. And because he conquered death, I conquer death. Because he lives, I will live also. He is my light. Oh, I want you to look at nature. You, you look at nature and you see, see Jesus. He, he enlightens the path of every man. I, I see, you know, I was so blessed. We were in Tanzania and, and, and every day I had to go to the festival. I was meditating on this. I was looking at the, I was even taking, there was a little tree outside my room and I kind of touched the, the leaf. I said, look at this leaf. Atoms and molecules held together by Christ. Ooh, I felt good. And then, then I looked at the sky and the birds. And I said, held together by Christ. And the more I thought about that, oh, I said, this Christ who is the source of all energy, of everything that ever is created, I'm going to use his name. And it's not so far-fetched that the tumor would disappear. It's not so far-fetched that a crooked limb would be made straight. It's not so far-fetched that joy would come to a depressed heart because I'm speaking and praying in the name of this Jesus Christ who is the Christ who upholds all things. Oh, I'm feeling good here. I could talk a long time about that. And believe me, I'm going to pick up this subject again. That's my problem. I got too much to say, too little time. Now we can get to my second point. God's second incarnation, as I said, God manifests in the flesh through Jesus Christ. In the fullness of time, Galatians 4, 4, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who had been under religious bondage to know life in him. You could say, it says in Hebrews, a body you have prepared for me. This Christ 
this one who is the Alpha and the Omega. Think about that. He's the first and the last. I just read it in Colossians. He is the Alpha. He is before all of creation. And if I would quote the Apostle Paul, when all things have wrapped up the end of time, all things will be put under Christ's feet. He is the Alpha, the Omega. He is the first and he is the last. He is the one in whom all things consist. And then this Christ, a body was prepared for him and we say his name shall be called Jesus Jesus the Christ oh you see Christ isn't Jesus's last name it means the anointed one it comes the Hebrew word is mesek the Greek word is Christos it means the anointed one and sometimes you know we make the anointing so small, I am almost embarrassed. You know, when I think of this anointing that is in everything, that upholds everything, his presence is here right now. Please don't reduce this anointing. This is the energy that God has made available to you to flow through you. That's what the day of Pentecost is all about. Oh, some people, they just, they just think that the anointing is when the worship really got good and I felt some goosebumps. Believe me, it's much more than a few goosebumps on your left toe. Oh, they, oh I just want to feel his presence. I want, they think, you think it's an emotion? My friend, this anointing created everything. It's available to you. It will help you in business. It will help you in your education. It's not just an anointing for a Sunday service. It is the power, the energy of Christ himself helping you make decisions, helping you go forward, helping you live your maximum life. It is Christ released in and through you. Oh, I'm, I, I just... Too much to, now, of course, it does work in healing. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. But please, don't make the anointing to this little pathetic, pathetic little minuscule feeling. Oh, I just felt his presence. Well, what's wrong with you? Why don't you feel it all the time? Get saved. Come to Jesus. Discover who Jesus is. I mean, I can even see Christ in my dog. Now, the Catholics will understand because you have the Francis of Assisi. He was already into this a thousand years ago. Uh, you know, God is in everything. I was thinking today, you know, my dog reminds me of Jesus. He said, how does your dog remind you of Jesus? Because I have never gone anywhere that my dog didn't want to come with us. If only Tyna and I were as faithful to our dog as our dog is to us. We have never done anything or gone anywhere that she wouldn't want to be there with us. Now, sometimes we leave her off and go, so we haven't been so faithful to her. I said, that reminds me of Jesus. Even if we were faithless, he is faithful. Some of you look at me weird. He's upholding everything, so he's holding my dog and your dog up too. So they don't, he, he said, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And I'm, so God revealed through Jesus. <laughs> but, but there's more. Turn to your neighbor and say, there's more. This sounds like one of those commercials, you know, when you buy this and this and this and this. But wait, there is more. Come on, say it again. Wait, there is more. There's more. Jesus makes it very clear, Jesus the Christ, that he never intended this to be limited to him personally. And I said to the people in Tanzania, I said, you know, Jesus is not owned by any church, any religion. No one has monopoly on Jesus Christ. He is for the whole world. And this is what Jesus said. He said in John 14, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that may he may abide with you forever you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you so there's an other helper just like jesus that's why we have day of pentecost john 14 26 the holy spirit whom the father will send in my name he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all the things that i said to you and then finally I could read many verses on this, John 15, 26. The spirit of truth 
who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. So Jesus is saying, it's not just a one-time thing. I'm here and I'm gone. Because when I'm going, I'm sending another helper implied just like me, just like I helped you. There's another helper coming, the Holy Spirit, who was there at the beginning in the bosom of the Father, in the divine dance, the Father loving the Son and the Son loving the Father, and the Spirit of God reflecting that love. He will come upon you, using a personal pronoun. He will be in you. He will remind you of everything I've said to you. You see, some people have made such pitiful caricatures of the Holy Spirit. People say, oh, Holy Spirit, show me what's wrong with me. He's not in the business of showing you what's wrong with you. Did, did Jesus ever say, I'm going to send you a helper that's going to show what's wrong with you? I don't want a helper like that. I already know what's wrong with me. I don't need a helper to tell me. Come on now. Don't you know what's wrong with you already? You need a helper. You need a special assistant just to point out all your flaws. Certainly no one can be so unaware of themselves that they need a helper to show you what's wrong with you. I bet you know the freckles and the wrinkles in your face better than anybody else. That's why you try to cover them up this morning. Come on now. Come on. You don't need an assistant to say, oh, there's one more wrinkle here. No, Jesus, th th this is a religious caricature. Jesus says when the Holy Spirit has come, he will remind you of me. He will take of what I have done and what I have said. He will bring it to your remembrance. So when you forget, when you get focused on other things, he will, he will remind you of Jesus Christ. And then, you know, Jesus is glorified. He goes to heaven and I said there's a third incarnation where God, incarnation just means God manifesting in flesh. How many know you got flesh? Come on now. Squeeze it a bit here. And so the third is the Holy Spirit with us, in us, and through us. This is immense. This is enormous. And it's corporate. You know, the Holy Spirit reveals Jesus in a spiritual family like what we are here. Sometimes we don't realize something powerful happens when a group of people with one mind, one heart come together. And we are gathered in this name of Christ who, in whom all things consist, who upholds all things. We gather in his name here and where two or three are gathered, he is there in a very special way. So when we pray, we join hearts, we decide to move forward, we decide to take on vision, we decide to do certain things, there's a tremendous power. That's why, that's, you know, I don't come here for the coffee. In fact, I want to improve it a bit. I just say that it's a sideline. I want to make it a little bit better over the next few months. Come on now. But, but even then, I won't come here for the coffee and the biscuits. You know? No, I, I come here because there, there is a, there's a power. There's a dynamic. It says in the book of Revelation that Jesus walks among the candlesticks. And this is what candlesticks. What's a candlestick? And he says the candlestick is a picture, a, a metaphorical expression for the local churches. We are a local spiritual family, and Jesus, the Christ, is walking among us. He, and we are joined together. There's something powerful corporately. Then, then there's something powerful individually. Again, that he who is the light of the world, who lights up that black hole. How, how far away was it now? 500 million trillion kilometers away. And they say, we don't know where the light comes from. <laughs> Just don't know. It's a mystery. We don't understand it. But there's some light there, but we don't know where it's coming from. He who is the light of the world and who says, you are the lights of the world. He comes by his spirit to be with us and in us and work through us. It's almost too much. It's almost too much. That he who is at before history, he who is after time has ended and all things have been wrapped up in Christ and all things put under his feet, he, the Alpha and Omega, comes to be in and through us. I tell you, uh, 
that, that's worth having an extra Sunday just for that. That's worth putting on the church calendar and say, I need to remember this. I got to hurry. They've been trying to rush me. How am I doing over there? What do we expect? Because this has got to come in human terms. It's just too much. You think about what I'm talking about. It's like your brain is hurting. I can see it. They're hurting on both sides. You're trying to picture these trillions of kilometers and this space and everything. And you're thinking about your dog and you're thinking about far off galaxies. And you're saying, my God, this is bigger than anything I ever thought. Here I was worried about this and that. Oh, I tell you. But it's got to come in human terms that we can begin to smell it and grasp it. Are you with me? Let's bring it down to North York and Scarborough and Etobicoke, okay? Are you with me? <laughs> it says, 1 Corinthians 12, 7, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one to profit to the profit of all. So it's not my little selfish, my little personal Jesus. Well, he is your personal Jesus, but you know, it's for profit of everyone. Your life is to be this life that from your innermost being flow rivers of living water to profit everyone. We love to be blessed ourselves. Who among us don't love to be blessed and increase ourselves? But we see I am blessed to be a blessing. This is for everyone to profit. It's for the world. Then it says in verse 11, one and the same spirit works all these things distributing to each one individually as he wills. So God's in charge. Some of you are praying so much for God to guide you and direct you. Think, what are you worried about? He can talk to you when he's ready to talk. You know that Noah never prayed for God's will. Abraham never prayed for God's will. None of them prayed for God's will. There's no record of them even praying. But God spoke to them. Mary didn't say, oh, can I be the one? Can I be the blessed virgin? I'll volunteer. Here's my resume. Can, can I be the one? No, rather it was like, I don't want to be the one. Are you sure? God, I think you made a mistake. You need someone better equipped. You need someone who can, you know, Gideon didn't say, can I be the guy? Can I be the hero? Can I really work for the Lord? Here's my resume, Lord. He says, no, please, please pick somebody else. You see, not many mighty, not many who were full of their own glory and their own braggadociousness are chosen. But God chose those who were nothing in themselves, uh, that no flesh should glory, but that all the glory should go to the one who did the calling. His name is Jesus. And so we have this river. Let me wrap it up with this. So in this context, in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, you have three sets, if you wish, of ways that is humanly understandable that this immense power flows. Three sets, and I'll get into it more in the afternoon. There are revelation gifts. Maybe put them up on the screen. There is word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. Think about that. Now, word of wisdom is not the same thing as you accumulating wisdom by studying. You know, just by getting older, you should get wiser. Come on. Nobody agrees to that? Well, get older then. He'll figure it. Betty Norris here. She's past the big eight zero. She, she agrees. You get wiser, but that's not talking about getting old and wise. It talks about God, who is all wisdom and all knowledge, can give you a fragment of his wisdom. And his knowledge when you're in a tight situation like Joseph was. Pharaoh wouldn't tell him what the dream was. He says, you, you figure it out. And he received the knowledge and then he received the wisdom to interpret the dream. Discerning of spirits is not walking around looking for little demons everywhere behind every bush. The primary function is, it says about Jesus in John 2, he didn't need anyone to tell him because he knew what was in the heart of every person. Maybe this could help someone to avoid getting into the wrong business agreement. Ooh, that went over great. I feel that. Maybe this could help you to not guarantee loans you shouldn't guarantee. 
Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to me. No, 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 no. <laughs> Are you with this understanding? How, how, many, how many think that there's an untapped river that we haven't known enough of? Revelation gifts. Then there are inspiration gifts. Another set of three, tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. You know, one, one way of speaking in tongues, and I practice speaking in tongues every day, is I don't know how to pray sometimes, but the Spirit of God prays through me in words that I, my mind don't understand. And if my mind tried to understand it, I couldn't formulate it. And so it's the Holy Spirit helping me to pray. And, and you know, or you can see all through church history, people have had this, call it an epiphany, call it whatever you want. It's a revelation of the Holy Spirit flowing from your innermost being. It doesn't mean that you're like, you're like in an ecstasy or you kind of lost your mind. There's enough people who lost their mind, but don't blame it on the Holy Spirit. Come on now. We all know some people who lost their mind. Please don't pin this on the third person in the Godhead, the Holy Spirit. They're just a little bit weird because they want to be weird. But let's not blame that on the precious Holy Spirit. Can I hear a yes to that, all right? And prophecy is inspired words. He's not walking around, I predict this, I predict this. Toronto is going to fall into the lake. Vancouver is going to fall into the ocean. I heard that 25 years ago. I'm waiting. No, I'm not really waiting. No, it's edification, exhortation, and comfort. It's inspired words from God. Sometimes you may have experienced this, and you don't have to say like, oh, God is speaking now. You could just be on a phone call, and suddenly you feel this like a river flowing and you begin to talk to the person. And suddenly they go quiet on the other end of the line and say, oh, that really touches my heart. I said, well, oh, that really, how, how did you, the way you said that. You don't have to, I just prophesied to you. Stop it. Stop it, stop it. That's self-glorification. I mean, this is a natural thing for believers. Suddenly you were bringing comfort. You were bringing edification. You were bringing, you know, strengthening to a person. You didn't know the situation. I tell you, out of your innermost ways shall flow rivers. This is God, the Christ, manifesting through you. Then the third set of gifts, I call them the power gifts. Healings, working of miracles, and the gift of faith. You know, I would say, you know, just to touch on it a little bit, that very often I find that these gifts work with a tremendous sense of, of love in your heart. Because faith works by love. And, 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 and when love touches you, it makes you do things you otherwise wouldn't do. It makes you reach out in compassion. And, and so, you know, people who were just with me in Tanzania, they said, oh, you know, this was so different. And so, but because we were, we were exercising this flow every night, because in the city we were in, there were many Muslims in attendance. We love Muslim friends. We had an incredible time, by the way. I have never, I don't think in 15 years, I mean, we have dinners all the time with Muslim sheikhs and uh, imams. That, that's common with Buddhist monks. You know, we have that all the time, that I share the gospel with uh, about Jesus Christ uh, with Muslims, inviting them for dinner, or Buddhist, or Hindus, or whatever. Baha'i, uh, Confucianist, Shintoist, all of it. But you know what happened in this last thing, <laughs> this last event we were at? Uh, you know, the Muslims are in Ramadan right now. So they were so touched. The main sheikh was so touched. He said, I want you to come to have dinner with us after sunset, because they can't eat all day. You know, I feel bad for them. They were so hungry. So we went there, and all the team went with me. You should have seen them all dressed up with a head covering and everything. They were looking very holy there. And uh, I couldn't believe myself. This is just a week and a half ago. So I got there. Tanzania Broadcasting Corporation, another major television station. I didn't know. I, I just went for dinner. And they're standing there. They're standing there singing to me by the roadside. They were singing for me. These, these Muslim priests are singing songs. Then the main sheikh came and took me by the hand. I said, I usually don't hold hand, hands, except with my wife, but uh, uh, anyhow. So we walked holding hands, the sheikh and I, all the way, and they're filming it for the television, uh, Tanzania Broadcasting Corporation, right? And then the, the group, they came in, and, and then, of course, everybody was giving speeches. You know how people are. Oh, the different Muslim so-and-so, bishop so-and-so, Catholic bishop, Anglican bishop. Pentecostal bishop, they're all giving speeches, and I'm sitting there 
in a lotus position. I look like a yogi master or something. And, and they said to me, I didn't know you could twist your legs like that. It's amazing what I can do, but, but I need to. You, you were there, right? You, you, I'm not making this up. Am I telling the truth? And so I know they're all speaking about love, peace, unity, tolerance. But there was one word that everyone, Christian or Muslim, completely avoided in all the scriptures. It was the word Jesus Christ. Whoa. And I was sitting there just grinning inside. It won't take me many seconds till I will break this taboo here. So they all kind of did that about God and, you know, unity and love and peace. And I said, okay, you wait. I'll let you all speak. Look how patient I look. And then it was my turn. what I declared to them was Jesus Christ. I think in my little speech I must have mentioned Jesus Christ 30 times to make up for all the time he had been omitted from the conversation about who Jesus Christ is. You know, they received it. Isn't that right? They received it. I, I, I mean, I'm so, oh, I'm so glad. I don't want to say proud because that could be, because I'm not proud. It's nothing about me. I'm so glad how God has revealed Jesus the Christ to me, that I never have to hide his name. And then after we were done, then the, you know, it took a couple hours, we're sitting in this kind of a mosque. We were in a mosque. I was up on the platform sitting on one of the prayer mats there, looking so nice, talking about it. Then the shaky took me by the hand, and we walked to the street again. And, and, and they filmed the whole thing. They put it on TV the next day. Couldn't believe this. Are you afraid? Why should I be afraid? They should be afraid of me, I guess. We're not afraid. I'm so glad that this Christ, who is in whom all things consist, by his spirit, he's come inside of me and inside of you. And we were baptized, we were immersed into this. And 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 these these gifts are flowing. any preacher in the whole world that had experienced what I experienced that night. I hope there's others, but I don't know. Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> now, now, can I tell you one other thing? Just give my testimony here. I had one very interesting healing happen. Uh, put, put the gifts back up there. Uh, what were those gifts? Uh, the power gift, that's right. So, I, I'm going to finish with this. Just to show you how, because I don't want you to think of or your pastor, Peter Youngren, or Pastor Nathan. By the way, Pastor Nathan is on a one-week assignment in Burma, so that's why he's not here. He'll be back next Sunday. Uh, you know, I'm just like you. I'm not any, I don't have any great faith. I'm not a great... I just step out and say, Jesus, you work through me. So this is what happened. I think it was on the third night. You know, I have these uh, about three or four people working on the platform. The platform is full of people who have been healed. They come up on the platform to share that they've been healed. But we can't check everybody comes up there. Some person maybe had not been healed. And so, so they said to me, uh, I said, okay. And so then they bring them to me. And they, I, I shared to the crowd what happened. They tell me this person was blind. This person had an accident. And they were, whatever, this person was deaf. So they bring this person. And, and, and Jacob says to me, he's been totally deaf on both ears. So I bring the guy up. I say, say what I say. And I realize he can't hear one blessed thing. He's not healed at all. He's not healed at all. I mean, so, you know, to make, I start screaming words. Africa. He goes, like, blah, 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 blah. He, he, he can't hear a single thing. Do you understand? I'm thinking, Jesus, the whole crowd can tell. What do they think? We're trying to make up healings here or something? So, you see, I was just like a little bit discouraged for the moment. Have you ever been discouraged? So what I did, I said, Jesus, I need your faith. You know, the gift of faith, I kind of need it right now. I don't know. This is not. A... So I, I, and I, I, I tried both ears, screaming words, say what I said. He couldn't, he couldn't hear a thing. He couldn't hear a thing. And I never stand in front of people who said they read my lips. I was standing behind me. Couldn't hear one thing. I said, oh, Jesus, thank you for your faith. Sing a song or do something. I said, oh, Jesus. And they got about 10 seconds into the song, and I prayed. And his ears popped right in front of me. They just popped right there. You, you, some of you, some of you were so big, but you saw it, some of you. It just popped. He could hear the slightest whisper. I said, like what? 
I was kind of blessed myself because I was so pathetic. I, I, I almost doubted it was going to happen. I literally said, Jesus, I don't, I don't know. This is looking bad. Uh, uh, but, but Jesus helped me. He gave me the gift of faith. Come on now. So it was, I can't brag. It says, oh, I'm such a man of faith. Bring it on, Buster. I'm going to take on. No, I, it's not like that at all. I, I never understand these people who strutter out. Oh, I've got this anointing. I just said, oh, please. I said, I, I just want a vacation. I really don't want to do this, but I'll do it anyhow, Jesus. Please help me. It's the gift of faith. He gives it to you. Can he give it to you? Absolutely. You're probably in the same boat that I am. <laughs> Isn't that right? But I need I need this spirit flowing through my flesh, through my eyes, through my ears, through my mouth, through my hands. That's the Holy Spirit. Oh, okay. I hope this made sense. Did it make sense to you? Anybody get anything out of this? I don't know. I just, I'm just so full of thinking about who the Christ is. I got to preach more about this. I, I just kind of whet your appetite. Are you okay? You feel a little bit of appetite? I mean this, you know, no wonder when it says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, that's not just mouthing words like a mantra that you've been taught by a preacher or a priest or a guru. That is power. Jesus the Christ is Lord. That's power to shake your world, to shake the world. Oh, this is so beautiful. Let everybody bow your head right now. Yeah. It's just an awakening that needs to happen. People say, I'm, I'm, I'm getting awakened to this, who God really is, full of love. And maybe you still sit there and you say, I feel guilty, I feel like ashamed, I feel like I got sin in my life. Why don't you get restored and confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and just have a brand new start and say, I'm going to walk out of here different, having acknowledged and been awakened to who Jesus Christ is and knowing that my sins are forgiven. I, I want everyone, to, while your head is bowed, if you say, Peter... I want to be included in this prayer, and I'm going to pray in a moment, but you say, I want to be included. I want to be restored. I want to acknowledge and receive this gift of the forgiveness of sin. If you would like to be included, would you give me a signal by lifting your hand right now? Lift it up way up high, wherever you're sitting. If you want to be included, I'm watching. Yes, I see you. Yes, I see you. Yes, I see you over here. Anybody else? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Anybody else? That's beautiful. Can we all stand together all over this room right now? Everybody stand up. And I want us to pray this. <laughs> Maybe some of you who have known the Lord Jesus for many years, you will pray that and confess Jesus Christ as Lord. It may be more powerfully than you ever have. Let's just pray right now. Everybody join with me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for who you are. Full of love. Full of good thoughts for me. And I believe Jesus took my sins. My shame and my guilt were put away. And Lord Jesus, thank you for everything you did. Come and live in me. Christ in me. The hope of glory. And with my mouth, I confess now, Jesus Christ is Lord. My Lord, thank you that my sins are forgiven. Amen. Oh, lift your hand and give thanks to God. Give thanks to God. Give thanks to God. I, I, I don't know. Seriously, I, I'm not, I'm telling you the truth. I was literally almost every day when I walked out of my room, I pulled down the branch of the tree and looked at it and says, look at how this branch is held together. That's Christ holding it together. That's Christ. I think, I thought, 
maybe I can pray for the sick and the same Christ could do something for people who are hurting in their bodies. Maybe that is not too far-fetched. Are you with me? That's what I was thinking. And I stood looking at it. They were waiting for me in the car. You know, I had police escort. They come, a whole band full of police come because they think my life is in danger. I don't know why. They bring police every day. I can't move without the police. And, but I let the police wait. They were there with their machine guns waiting, you know. I didn't know whether I should feel threat from them or, or I don't know what. But they were there, nice guys. And I'm standing holding this branch. They must have looked up and said, this is a strange guy. He's holding the branch. I was thinking, he who holds all things together in whom all things consist. I'm going in his name. I felt so good. I could hardly contain myself. I said, oh, I feel good. In his name we're going. If you're sick in your body, put your hand on your body anywhere at all. You don't have to touch the sickness. If, you, if it's touchable, you may not even know where it is. But otherwise, put your hand on your heart or on your stomach. Let's pray right now in this mighty name of the Christ who is forever and ever. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I thank you for this beautiful name, Jesus Christ, that you have entrusted to our usage, that it's not uh, something that we take to ourselves or something we do braggadociously, but we gratefully take and use this name, Jesus Christ. And in the name of Jesus Christ, I speak to sickness, I speak to cancer, I speak to fever, I speak to pain, to leave in the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord. Amen. Just lift your hand and say thank you to Jesus. Thank you for your healing power, Christ, that is touching me right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Look at me for a moment. I want you to give God praise for what he has done for you. And let's discover more the beauty of this Christ. I think the early church knew something about Christ that we don't know. That's why we are called Christians, not Jesuits. Now, there's a Jesuit group, but we call Christians. Think about it. We're called Christians because this life got into us. That means you can face whatever you have to face this week. Do you believe that? Draw on the Christ in you. And then those who pray to receive Jesus Christ, please go to our welcome center. Uh, Carrie, I don't know if your mother is there. Who, yeah, there's that. And, and ask for the little booklet that we gave you. It'll help you. And I hope to see you next Sunday. I'm going to continue to teach on the gifts of the Holy Spirit this afternoon. And then next Sunday is Father's Day. And you're going to have all that food fest.